Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Right, happy 2024 from the all city, all NFL podcast. A man of 2024, Ryan Baldinger, the great Baldy. I'm Anthony Gargano, cuz, and uh, we want to welcome you into the show. First of all, on this New Year's Day, Baldy and I want to wish you a blessed, you know, happy, prosperous new year. Absolutely, it's a you know, it's always the day of new beginnings. Like, you know, all your dreams can come true. Teams can actually turn their fortunes around in a day. But, you know, this is where, uh, you know, the resolutions are made and, you know, you start looking forward. You know, we yep. reflected looking backward last night, had a good time. Now we're all looking forward to, you know, week 18, the playoffs, and what's in store NFL-wise. All right. Well, let, let's get to it, man. It was, a, it was a crazy weekend, absolutely crazy weekend. We saw the Ravens. Absolutely annihilate the Dolphins. 50 burgers, and it's just insane. Lamar cemented the MVP, throwing for five touchdowns. It was amazing. The Cowboys got a major gift Saturday night, yeah. and they got a bigger gift on Sunday when the Arizona Cardinals stunned the Eagles. In fact, the stunning upset of the weekend you called the game ball the Dateline Philadelphia Lincoln Financial Field as the Eagles, who had a seemingly comfortable halftime lead, fell apart in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, allowed the Cardinals. And uh, the Cardinals dominated them all day long, Baldy, from the offensive standpoint. Well, you talk about the commanding lead. I mean, they were up 21-3. to And honestly, at that point, I thought the Eagles looked a little bored. You know, it's 21-3. They got the uh, they got the 99-yard pick six. Big breakdown between, you know, Kyler Murray and the rookie Michael Wilson and Sidney Brown gets a gift. I mean, honestly, he gets a, a late Christmas gift. They go 99 yards. They're up 21-3. to And, you know, there was like – it was just kind of like, okay, this is who the Cardinals are. This is what we expect. But the Cardinals really – they actually never stopped moving the ball. No. Like, even on that drive. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, Mark Dalton is the PR director for the Arizona Cardinals. He, you know, when I was with the Eagles, Mark Dalton was just like a, you know, he was just a young intern just getting started. But he's been out there in Arizona now for the last fifteen years, more maybe more. So I texted him at the end of the game because because the Arizona Cardinals never punted. So no. do me a favor, Mark. Just research for me. Maybe you already know the answer. When's the last time the Cardinals 
never punted in a game because I never remember that. So in the 60-year history of the Arizona Cardinals, it's only happened one other time. One other time in 60 years where they never punted. So even though it was 21 to three, they were still moving the ball. You know, they, they, they didn't convert on one. You know, they were down the three yard line. They went backwards. They threw the pick six, you know, but they ran for 221 yards. And I remember uh, just pregame, just kind of doing my Baldy's walk, talking to the, the owner, Mr. Bidwell, and Monty Ossifort, the new general manager. And I was just telling them the good things that I saw. Like the off, I thought the offense line, Paris Johnson, Froholt, Will Hernandez. Like I really thought they they had some games where they they were making an impact. And James Conner had run really well. Um, so they went out and ran for 221 yards. The Eagles couldn't tackle. They couldn't get off blocks. The linebackers are lost. They can't cover. Um, in addition, they give up three more touchdown passes, 34 in a season. Only Washington has given up more. And you go, what part of this defense is any good? Like, what part of it? Is is pass rush outside of Jalen Carter grabbing the shoelace of Kyler Murray's you know, feet on one play? They didn't touch – they didn't get near Kyler Murray. Well, let's start, let's start there because – this front was dominant early in the year, right? Obviously, last year was dominant. You only added, I mean, I, I know you lost Javon Hargrave, but you added, you know, Jalen Carter. You know, you got your big kid, got another year older, and mm -hmm. Jordan Davis, right? Like, you, you got, you got, you spent all your money in that spot. You got sweat. You got a sign. Oh, yeah. Bringing Brandon Graham back. I mean, bringing Fletcher back. I mean, your resources are in your defensive line, which is smart. I mean, that's what the good teams are doing. That's what right. San Francisco's done. Baltimore upgraded in a variety of ways, bringing in Clowney and Matabike development and finding Kyle Van Noy on the street. I mean, they put their resources. I mean, the good teams are doing that. That's that's smart football. Except that, I mean, maybe it's early, but Jordan Davis is not – I mean, he, he really – he really has trouble, a lot of trouble, getting off blocks. He has no impact in the pass game, and he's got no endurance. So he can't stay on the field. And, you know, I hear he's being fined weekly for being overweight, and it looks like it. Yeah. And, you know, there's yeah. plays out there. This is bad, cuz. Like, I'm not here to, to trash players, believe me. You know me. But no, like, it's bad when a defensive player, the play is, is gone going. The play is on, and the defensive lineman ha has basically stopped. Stopped running, stopped pursuing, like stopped. Like your feet can't stop the defense line. I don't care how big you are. Like when they stop. That, that's the lesson of Max Crosby, who never stops. Never stops. Never stops. And, you know, and so so you're not getting much out of Jordan Davis. Um, <clears throat> you know, like I, Nolan Smith is just a fast guy, but even that, he, like he's not impactful. No, he's young. You give him time to develop. Okay, that's fair. But they need another big guy inside. Uh, and, you know, to watch the Arizona Cardinals just manhandle inside. And then to see the level of confusion on so many plays where guys are like, talk, turn around the place, the ball's being snapped, cuz. And they're turning around and talking to somebody. Yeah. Like they're signaling, like they're not, they're not unified. And run, you know, the run defense starts with, Every defense, I don't care if you're 4-3, three, 3-4, three, is a gap defense. You're responsible for gaps. 
You could be a Tampa two defense. You could be a. It doesn't matter. Every defense is based on being have being gap control. Their, their linebackers are lost, man. Just lost. Lost. Yeah. It's horrible. And you know. And look, you know Howie as well as anybody. Um, you know Howie's never really emphasized the linebacker position. They don't draft that position. They found T.J. Edwards still their best linebacker they've had in the last five years. You know, doing great things in Chicago right now. I uh, never came off the field. I mean, all these guys are bringing in right now. Shaq looks like he's just toast. You know, he couldn't stop. Uh, you know, James Conner on the goal line last. You know, yesterday, like it's just, it's just not good right now. And um, and your safety yeah. play too. I mean, that's another area of concern. Uh, you know, like I like Blankenship. I think he competes, but he's just not impactful enough. No. Well, they don't make any impact, impactful hits. They don't really. They don't really strike anybody. I mean, Sidney Brown made the big play, and it's, it's a good play, but, I mean, it's a gift to him. Uh, but they, they they never knock the ball loose. Like, they're not stripping the quarterback. They're not popping people. They're not hitting. They they look – they just look, honestly, old and slow and disinterested. Yeah. Like, think about those adjectives. Uh, old, slow, and disinterested. And you're getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and I, then, I mean – And then you turn around the league and you're watching – Baltimore just shut down Miami and you're watching San Francisco and you're watching these teams just fly to the football and like they're having fun out there playing defense. And it was, uh, it was a sad, it was a sad to see that team go down the field to score the game winning touchdown. And they're just helpless. Greg Dortch breaking tackle after tackle out there in the open field. Well, I, that's the thing that, you know, forget about ski. I, I don't think this was a coordinator issue. I mean, I, I don't. I'm sure that. You know, I think you're right, Cuz. I think that's a w- good way to put it. Yeah. I, I again, it goes back to personnel, and we all thought that. You know, we all said, look that back seven. I mean, it, it's all about the Eagles front, and if the Eagles front has underachieved, which you were, which you're uh, alluding to, which we've kind of talked about over the last half of the season, because look, Hassan will give it to you every play, like he brings it every play. Fletch gives you what he got, man. Whatever he, he's got left, he gives you, right? Yeah. But, like, you're right. The, the young players, like, I need more from Sweat. I need Jordan Davis. Like, he, you got a lot of resources there. Yeah. And, like, Jalen Carter is going to hit a wall at some point. You mean he's still a rookie and he's still getting acclimated. So, second year, you got to make more. You, you got to make more of an impact, and and you're right about Jordan Davis. He's the thirteenth pick in the draft, coach. The thirteenth pick in the draft is Jeffrey Simmons. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're yeah. talking about the Quinn and Williams of the world. You know, you're talking about the guys yeah. that literally their defense is built around. Yeah. Like, you want a guy that literally is the centerpiece to your defense, and they're not getting anything near that right now. Nothing, no. not, nothing even close. You know, you look at that last drive a couple weeks ago against Seattle. You know, ten straight plays down on the field, one play. He's not out there. They know. Like, they know. Like, And I said at the beginning, I'm not here to, you know, go back and read my notes on him coming out of Georgia. But I said, look, I don't care what he did at the Combine, how big and fast he was. Like, I didn't see that at Georgia. So if he's not an every-down player where he's impacting on third downs, then you don't draft him. I can go find big, fat guys that could clog the middle. I can find those guys. And you don't have to draft them. I mean, they've always been out there. Teams can find those guys. You, what you need is you need guys that are super talented, twitchy, and can beat double teams and push yeah. the pocket. Yeah. 
Yeah, I watched Poe the other day for the Chiefs the other day. Like, just make a play. Like, you know, guys like that, you need to make plays. Like, you just yeah. – after years of doing it in Baltimore, like, you got to have and, – and Jordan James just – just and then when you have behind him, like, I, I do think everything – the one thing, in Baldy, you, you, you're a student of human nature and a student of history. And that old adage about history repeating itself is true. The world being cyclical, mm-hmm. right? So what we've seen is the run game come back in vogue. So when the run game comes back in vogue, that means linebackers come back in vogue. And look at the Niners, the Ravens. We'll start there, right? Mm-hmm. And then look at these other playoff teams. They got impactful linebackers. No doubt. And I, I think the grave mistake was not having at least one player in that unit who you could count on that's going to fly over the field. Well, I mean, look, I, I would have I would have paid T.J. Edwards. I would have just paid him. He, he never left the field. He's always healthy. He's impactful. He know, he, he, you can count on him. Um, what they have right there, they don't have anybody that can cover. They have no cover linebacker. So if team, if you want to blitz, and every once in a while Patricia's throwing these blitz, you're going to play man behind it. And so somebody's got to cover the back. Somebody's got to cover the tight end. Well, week in, week out, they don't have anybody that cover either one of them. So um, it's, 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 it's a problem. It's a real problem area. And I've always said this. Um, when your middle linebacker is fast, it makes your defense look faster. Mm-hmm. And they have no speed at that position, cuz, none. And so they look slow. Even though, you know, I know Nolan Smith can run. I know Hassan Reddick can run. But, like, Kyler Murray made them all look slow yesterday. You know, I mean, I, I saw him turn the corner on Nolan Smith. I thought he ran a 4-3, 440 at the combine. I saw Kyler turn the corner on him, and he dusted him. Like, he was left, like, literally, like, flailing out there. So, <clears throat> it's disappointing. I mean, the offense, look, the offense put up, you know, like now, you know, Sidney Brown gave him a touchdown, but they put up 31 points. Well, let me ask you about the offense, because I want to get into this, too, because Hurts – 18 to 23, 167 yards. They didn't have the ball a lot. No. Remember, because like in the second, in the second, uh, quarter, the, the Arizona Cardinals had the ball for 40 minutes. Right. 40 minutes. Right. I mean, so the offensive numbers are going to be down. Swift, 13 for 61. I mean, they had that one drive where it was all Swift. Other than that, I, I, I thought that they. You know, again, it's hard to, to, to really examine it, but I thought that they would have more success running the football. They don't really try to. You know, they, they don't really emphasize it. Uh, they, they go away from it. Um, all the things that we saw a year ago that made this offense so dynamic was the deep passing attack where they took repeated steep shots, mm-hmm. made A.J. Brown happy, Devontae, they all ate. And then they pounded the ball. And obviously, Jalen was a big part of that running attack. And that was a dynamic offense where they could beat you either way. And they in, in most Sundays, they did it in combination. And now, you know, you just saw how disjointed the offense looks when they needed to score. They needed to, you know, they ended up kicking a field goal on the one drive because they got the big slant route to A.J. Brown. They're late in the fourth quarter for 20 yards which I felt like these two rookie corners for Arizona, like they never go after when they see like you got Devontae Smith, not Devontae gets hurt and AJ Brown. 
and Goddard, who's good. Like, why aren't you attacking down the field? I don't understand that. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I mean, we saw Devontae drop the one on third down over his shoulder. Um, look, that, he can make that catch as well as anybody. I saw Odell Beckham Jr. make that catch for Baltimore from Lamar the other day. Like, you got to make that catch. But if you don't, you can say, okay, you got to throw the ball a little bit better, put it more out front of them. You can't be perfect like that 40 yards down the field sometimes. But these, these are two rookie corners out there that, honestly, you got to make them pay. Like, they don't really know what they don't know. And, you know, the pass rush, I mean, Lane Johnson, like, the pass protection was great. Like they should have been able to just carve that team up if they were really that good. If if they really are a playoff team and can turn it on and you know fix their issues, they, they should have been able to just, you know, Arizona was the worst run defensive football. They're without their biggest run stopper and lucky foe too. Their co- rookie corners, like you can just all their good players have been hurt, to be honest with you. Like they, they they had no idea they could be in that game yesterday. No, and then it looked like, you know, and then it looked like they just gained steam and momentum because then they realized. Well, I mean, Kyler, that's the best game I've ever seen Kyler play. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't make a bad decision. Even no. the throw of the interception. I mean, it's just a miscommunication with the rookie wide receiver. He's throwing one, you know, but he didn't go ballistic on a sideline over it. He's just like, okay, we're it's 21-3. Well, you know, they put a drive together. Like, he was pinpoint all day long. Short passing game, uh, quick decision. They got a good tight end in Trey McBride. Um, they made Dortch look like he was Zay Flowers. I mean, it was unreal. Yeah, they 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 really did. And so here here you have the Eagles, and let's talk about big picture for the Eagles now. You got you're locked basically unless the Cowboys lose at Washington, which I think Dallas is probably going to win. You're probably if you're the Eagles locked. Into that, you know, Cowboys win a division. You'll be in the five seed. Now you will play. You're going to get a break because you got. You'll probably play. The, well, you will play the winner of Tampa, New Orleans, and whoever wins the South. Right. Now, I mean that matchup. I, I don't think it can hurt you. But to your point, you brought up Baker playing a perfect game. You know, uh, where it was three weeks against, ago against Green Bay. When he was just ding, 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 ding. You know, I mean, I don't know if I want to see – it just sounds crazy to me, but I don't know if I want to see Baker. If I'm an Eagles fan, do I want to see, you know, Baker Mayfield uh, and and Evans and Godwin? Ah, you know, that's scary with this secondary. It is scary. It is is scary. And and Tampa's offensive line has played a lot better. All those guys from Tristan Wurst, Aaron Stinney, like all those guys have been up there, you know, been basically – coming together all year long. Now, they didn't play well yesterday at all. Um, and, hey, New Orleans took it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, New Orleans has been hot and cold offensively. They lost Kamara. I don't know if Kamara will play next week. Um, so, <clears throat> I would think Tampa, you know, right now, is probably got the uh, the advantage here. So, if they have to go to Tampa and play, I'm um, obviously went to Tampa two years ago and, uh, you know, got beat by Tom Brady. But – I think Tampa's the one team they – I think they match up a little bit better with Tampa simply because I don't think Tampa's defense is great right now, and I think they can move the ball against them. But I would say Tampa's played a lot better football. They had one four in a row before yesterday. I would say Tampa's played a lot better football down the stretch than the Philadelphia Eagles have. 
I, well, yeah, I, I'm with you. And here's the other thing. Now, I agree. I wouldn't want to play. It's funny. I wouldn't want to play the other two wild card teams. I'd rather play Tampa than the Rams. I wouldn't want to see the Rams at all. Or even if it's the Packers who have the inside shot. I actually would not want to play the Packers if I'm the Eagles, the way Jordan Love looked last night. I and, mean, and Aaron Jones. I mean, yes. Aaron Jones is yes. back healthy like two weeks in a row, and he's lit it up two weeks in a row. So, here's the But here's the problem. Who they beat? Like, when you're playing like this, and you, your defense is like that, Forget about the first matchup. The bottom line is, can you get back to a Super Bowl? I don't see it, right? Well, I got a couple text messages from some guys, and I was hanging around there doing some post-Eagle stuff yesterday, so I saw some of the guys out there on the field after the game. Like, there's nobody that feels good about this. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals were limping in there with three wins. The only team that was worse, really, was the Carolina Panthers. And to see the, the Arizona Cardinals play that well. Now, they beat Dallas this year. They went to Pittsburgh and won. It's not like they haven't beaten good teams. The, the, encouraging, the, the discouraging things to me was the Arizona Cardinals had nothing to play for. And they acted like they were going to the playoffs. They played like they were going to the playoffs. They were playing with max enthusiasm, max execution. On the road. On both sides. So, with whoever's out there playing, the Eagles, we all know their names. Like, you can't say that about that team right now. And and so, I don't know if they're going to – you know, Nick Sirianni said what he's got to say. Uh, we have to fix it, and we have to fix it fast. Well, they've been saying that for a month now, you know, after each game, even after the Giants game, where nobody felt good about that win. So, <clears throat> I don't know if they match up with anybody right now where you could make the Eagles a favorite. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. I mean... You play this collapse. Somebody brought this up yesterday, the other the other day, but especially after after yesterday, you played on the team that collapsed with Coach Hunt. Mm-hmm. It was the, the I mean, you guys were what seven and one, seven and two, seven, seven and two. And two. We lost seven in a row. What what's it like during that kind of slide? Right, like because you feel like. It, it, it's like it's it's a whole thing, right? Like you start and you go, oh damn, uh, we'll get it going, we'll get it going, and then you know you lose three in a row. You go, all right, well we got to get it going. Then you lose five in a row. At, at some point, like you're looking at like what the hell can we not fix it? Do you feel helpless? A little bit, a little bit like that. You start going, oh here we go again. Here comes the wheels. They're falling off right now. Um, you know, I always feel like. If you want to stop the run in this league, you can stop the run. I always feel that way. To see the tackling, like tackling is mostly attitude. Sometimes you're beat up. That happens. Sometimes you drop your head technique. But usually if you're playing the game fast and you're pursuing correctly, like you're going to get enough bodies to get Michael Carter to the ground, you know, to get James Conner down. Like I don't think they had a run yesterday 
where they didn't break a tackle. Like that's the discouraging part is tackling is just mostly attitude. And then it's just being smart, you know, and technique. And you didn't see any of that. And that I don't know that they have anybody, you know, Nick Morrow is probably, you know, I don't know how many teams go to the playoffs he could start on right now, but he's, you know, he's their starting, you know, middle linebacker. Like they're, they're, they're really struggling, you know, at that point. So I don't know that that's going to get fixed right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. That's so it, it, let's get to the coach because a lot of people are freaking out. I mean, look, you lose to Jonathan Gannon, who was uh, a public enemy number one in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's. Be, I mean, I'll be honest. With you. I, I, I used to, I used to befuddle me yeah. on how he ran his defense last year, right? Even down to the Super Bowl, but he did it. They, they came, he came in and he got his revenge. So, uh, you know, I can't say anything. You, you got Stuykin in Indianapolis, who. You got injuries all the time. Like that dude has done an amazing job with the Colts as they're about to play for a playoff game. Yeah, Saturday, um, Saturday night. Saturday yeah. night, we got one. So, what, what do we what do we think of Nick? Well, like, you know, so <clears throat> we it's it's hard to it's hard to make this statement when it happens. But I was in Dallas when we would lose good coordinators every year. We lost Ditka. You know, you know we. We lost Gene Stallings. You know, we, we we were losing good assistant coaches. And I used to say that it's harder to replace good coaches than it is good players. And maybe now we just see the effect that those guys had. And maybe why they are head coaches. And maybe Nick didn't properly replace them. No, it's I'm not here to trash Brian Johnson, but the the fans are booing these calls as they're happening. You know, like sense. None. Like if it's if it's third and twenty, throwing hitch screens to the outside and hoping and praying that four guys fall down and you go twenty five yards. That's a prayer. That's not your best option when there's a rookie corner and AJ Brown out there. Like you should be wearing them out. Like the fans know it. I see high school kids. I see kids with their parents, and they're like they got their head. You know, they got their head buried in their hands. Like, they know it's a bad call. Like, that's not your best option. So I'm not sure, especially when Arizona doesn't really have any pass rushers. Like, their protection was as good as it can get for the most part yesterday. Um, but you're not really attacking. So, and then you look at, okay, well, Sean Desai wasn't a guy. Maybe Patricia is. But are they? Is that the best? So, it does fall on Nick to replace it, but I don't think, you know, the Eagles are looking to replace Nick Sirianni, but at the same time, does Nick need to go out there? Like, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are the toast of the league. Well, in the last two years, John Harbaugh has replaced both coordinators, and he might lose both of them this year, Mike McDonald, you know, and Todd Monk. He might lose both of them because of the job that they've done. And there's no question that Lamar is going to be the MVP of this league. And you have to say, well, Todd Munkin's made a difference. That looks really good and really unstoppable right now with what they're doing. Totally. Totally. I, you're right. And listen, if I'm Sirianni, I think what he needs to do is he's got to get more. I applauded him giving the reins over to Steichen last year. But instead of changing the side, he should have been more 
can take more control of his offense, man. I mean, Brian, you know, not everybody's a play caller. He'd be a really good quarterback coach, but maybe he doesn't, you know, he's not, that's not his function. And that's where, you know, Nick is the head coach who's an offensive guy, you know, might need to come in and take over the offense. Yeah. Right. No, no, it's great. It's a great suggestion because I totally agree with you. And, we see it all the time, and we saw Sean McDermott take over the play calling in Buffalo. I'm, I'm looking at the stats today. They're second-ranked defensive football. You know, I mean, you lose Leslie. All right, he trusted Leslie. He's taking it over, and they're playing great defense right now. And, look, this game with Miami for the AFC East, I mean, how can you bet against Buffalo right now? Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's pause it right there. Got to talk about what happened on Saturday night in Dallas. Wild scenario, an amazing game. And that helped Dallas get the uh, NFC. Looks like they're going to win the NFCs and the two seed. But first, I got to tell you about Factor Meal Kits. Yes, Factor America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service. They're going to hit you well. Look, we have a lot of New Year's resolutions, right? One of the things is to take care of yourself, to eat right. Now, this is where Factor comes in. They can help you eat well for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner. You got chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. By the way, you're going to save time. You can really focus on your healthy lifestyle, yeah, all right? Because I know everybody's busy. Like, Baldy runs around. And he's all over the place. I'm all over the place. That's where Factor can help you stay on yep. track. Right in 2024. How about this? All right. They're ready in just two minutes and they're never frozen meals. All right. They'll deliver right to your door. They're ready in two minutes. All you got to do is heat and then enjoy. Treat yourself to high quality, delicious meals. All right. Choose from 35 chef crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle. Meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie smart, whether it's vegan, veggie. Protein Plus, like my man, the Baldy, right? Or, or all kinds of wholesome options. The Calorie Smart Meals, how about this? They got uh, in and around 550 calories per serving, all right? The Protein Plus Meals have 30 grams of protein or more per serving. In fact, it's not just for dinner, okay? You can count on that convenience any time of the day. And it's sort of 55-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes, Choose from quick breakfast items, all right? You've got lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, ready-to-eat, drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, smoothies. It's amazing stuff, all right? So in 2024, look, all you got to do, fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash all-NFL50. That's us, right? We're going to give you 50% off of Factor. You can enjoy Factor 50% off. It's amazing. Code all NFL 50 factormeals.com slash all NFL to get the 50% off. All right. Baldy, what happened in Dallas Saturday night? I mean, I, I your heart had to be breaking for the Lions. You come all the way back, you score, you get the two-point conversion. And they go, no. Well, you go, no, three times. So a couple things. I mean, Brad Allen is the referee on the play. Um, I've been that tight end. I've been that offensive lineman that played okay, tight great. end. 
that had to go in and report, hey, you know, you find the uh, the umpire, um, you find the referee, hey, find the guy with the white hat, report. 62 eligible, boom, okay? Taylor Decker did that. Now, whether Brad Allen thought he was talking about Dan Skipper, number 70, <clears throat> who knows? Probably not going to come clean about it. Um, you know, Dan Campbell got screwed. But when that doesn't happen and they they take the play away, don't you just have to kick the extra point? Yeah, point? I, I, don't I, you I, kick the extra point? You have to. You I mean, I think it. you do. I mean, I know they, you they went recruit. for it. It's so hard to come right back and convert it again. Yeah. You got to recruit. You got to kick it. You got overtime. The way you're playing, I, I mean, I'm stunned that he went for it again. It was almost like, and you'll get the analogy, you're playing blackjack, right? And you lose a tough hand. Yeah. And then you just you go double in. When that's right. the worst thing you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get it back right here. I felt like that's the – as much as we all admire Dan Campbell and the job he's doing, he, he's too emotional. He's just too emotional. And sometimes you just have to do the right thing. You know, like even early in the game, like I'm not a big proponent of going for it on fourth down and four when you got a field goal. You know, just get the three points. You don't know how the game's going to flow, if it's going to turn into a track meet, a defensive game, a turnover game. You never know how these games are going to flow. Like, take the points. It's early. You're going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, and your defense is playing good. You know, like you're getting a turnover here and there. Like, you're playing pretty good. So, but you, okay. But you get to that point where, you know, you lose five yards, you know, okay, um, illegal receiver. Take the just 2020, like play for the overtime, whatever. I I don't know. So it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Um, maybe they'll use that as a motivating tool. You know, like Dallas, Detroit's already said we hope we just want to beat them in the playoffs. Maybe that happens. But I thought they once that call maybe got screwed up, that they should have uh, just gone to overtime. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. So what do you think about the Cowboys now? The Cowboys. Because it was interesting. I, I thought that they would be able to move the ball a little bit more freely. I mean, CD was unbelievable, right? Like, see, you said it before the, before the game we talked about last week. CD and going to have a monster. But that was it. Like, I thought that they would, you know, I thought that they would, they would go up and down the field on the line secondary, and that necessarily was not the case. No, they played good. Played good, you know, that's uh... – Ifiatu Melifanu has been playing lights out safety. Um, you know, Anzalone was all over the field. Hutchinson was a factor. You know, he's beaten Tyron Smith that, you know, we didn't think Tyron Smith back in there, like Dak is going to get protected. Well, he's winning. Um, Kirby Joseph is a really good player. Like Brian Branch balled out. Uh, Cam Sutton was good. Like they, they stepped up. They played a lot better. And they, outside of TD, just doing whatever he wanted to do. And, you know, that, sometimes it gets like that where, okay, we're just going to feed this beast here. All right. But is that the best way to actually have a great offense? Because you just feel like the team that's going to bracket and take CD out, is this a team that's just going to get stuck in the mud? Because it doesn't, it doesn't look like they can just run the ball the way they want to run the ball. Um, The way any team wants to run the ball when you get to the postseason, it doesn't look like they have that ability to do it right now. No, no, it, it, it doesn't. And that's, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I, Pollard to me 
look incredible. Like he clearly was the, the the back quickness over Zeke. But this year, he looks more like Zeke than he did himself last year. He's not quick. Like, what happened to his burst? Well, some of it might have been from the injury a year ago. Some of it is some guys are just backup running backs. They're just RB number twos. They're not starters. And, you know, Tony Pollard, when he was at Memphis, was never a starter. I mean, he was just this utility guy. Yeah. They had, you know, they had all these different guys there. They had three different guys they rotated. But he's never really been the guy. If you look at his numbers, he's never been that guy that was getting 250, 300 carries. So this is the first time it's ever happened. You know, and I don't know. Like, Zeke, to me, still looks like the Cowboys' best running back. Like, when I watch him in New England play and the way he's blocking, catching, scoring touchdowns, like, Zeke looks really good right now. Now, you, you can't put $20 million into that position in the NFL, but uh, I'm not sure if Tony Pollard is RB number one because I don't see the explosion and the guy that's breaking tackles. James Conner looked like a much better player to me on Sunday against the Eagles than what Tony Pollard is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And they're going to wind up – they got the two gifts. They're going to wind up, assuming that they beat Washington – they're going to win the division and they're going to be the two seed. That's an interesting matchup because right now Dallas would play Green Bay, which yeah, it might be a little tough matchup. I mean, look, the way the Packers should play, who knows? I mean, it'd be interesting. Well, I think they win, but, you know, look at that. That's not a given. Like, like you have a legitimate quarterback that looks like he's ready for prime time. Yeah. Like we all believe, like I've been saying this. I'm a Jordan Love fan and have yep. been. And I know he went through some rough patches this year, as the team did. But he looks like he's the future to me. And, you know, it always gets measured by how you play in the postseason. You know, do you have those big play genes? We know that Dak has struggled in postseason. We know Peyton Manning struggled early in his career in the postseason. Until you start winning, and Lamar has struggled in the postseason. So until you start winning in the postseason, nobody really puts you on that pedestal as a quarterback. So, you know, if Dallas plays Green Bay, first of all, all the historical matchups, going back to the Ice Bowl game, it, it means just fun. It's fun to go back and reflect and, you know, look at those matchups with Dallas and Green Bay, with Brett Favre and, you know, Romo and some of the matchups they had. I mean, this will be in the, you know, in the anthology. This one will follow. And it'll be great because if Jordan Love wins, is it going to be more about Jordan Love or is it going to be more about Dak Prescott and his inability? So I don't know. I think it'll be a really good matchup, though, because these I, I think these kids are so young and so full of, like, just vigor, like Jaden Reed and these kids. Like, you know, they, they'll just be so excited. They won't even know that they don't they shouldn't be doing this so early. Yeah, I, I kind of hope it stays the way it does because the matchups are amazing, right? Like you talked about that. We talked about Dallas and Green Bay. Could you imagine <clears throat> the NFL just it, it's amazing how it works out? Like Detroit and the Rams, Goff and I mean, Stafford. You're a writer. Like you don't even have to like think about what the storylines are. Like, I want to go back. If, if, if it's Detroit and the Rams, I want to go back and I want to hear the conversation when Sean McVay is in Cabo and he's talking to Matt Stafford. You know, like, or wherever that went down. You know, like, 
if they were there together, I mean, I forget the story, but there's like a connection there and like how they gave up on Stafford. And if Stafford, I mean, they gave up on, on Goff. And if Goff comes back and beats the Rams or however it goes and plays, like you can just imagine like the, like, like we always need a villain in every good story, right? You got to have the villain. Like, is McVay the villain? Is Goff the villain? Who's the one that sort of usurps the other one? It's it's so good. I yeah. mean, it's 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 so good. Now, a couple things have to happen. Uh, one, the Packers they have to beat Chicago, right? Which Chicago, is not going to be easy. Playing good ball. We t- ball. how about we've been on the Bears? We've been on the Bears since they made that trade with Washington and got Montez Sweat. And they have turned it around. Justin Fields, when he came back, has looked fantastic. He looked great again yesterday. This is why we posed this question last week, and we said it a number of times. Don't trade. Don't trade that. I mean, trade the pick. Don't trade Justin Fields. No. Keep Justin Fields and build around him. I think Justin Fields is still just 25 years old, cuz. And he's just, you know, he's an elite athlete. He's got command. DJ Moore has been what they hoped DJ Moore could be. Yes. Cole Komet is a Pro Bowl tight end. They they have addressed the offensive line. Khalil Herbert is a front line back. Like, Iberflus has done a great job. Don't change the coach. No. Build around the quarterback. They have a coach and a quarterback for the first time in I don't know how long. Like, I don't know how far you want to go back. But they had a coach and a quarterback. And if you said, okay – like the, the debate in Chicago, and I'm on all city in Chicago every week. We've been having this debate for a long time. All right, they've got the number one pick. Do you go get Caleb Williams or whatever you do? Trade Justin Fields to Atlanta, get a boatload there, draft, you know, Caleb Williams, use all the resources to keep building the team. Another pass rusher, another, you know, safety, whatever it is. Another weapon. You need another, another weapon. You know, go get Go get your receiver, you know, whatever it is. Um, they have, they, you know, they've got the luxury of having to sit on this, but I, I would not give up on Justin Fields. No way. He's come too far. He'll be 25 on March 4th. He's still only 24. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got all this I mean, experience and he's gone through the tough times. Like, yes. I think they're ready to roll. I like that kid, man. I, I'm with you. I like him. And you know what? Now you're going to have to go through a whole other – like, listen, I, I mean, I, I think Ken Williams is going to be a star. To, like, we all do, right? But you, but you don't know. You don't I know. this kid. He's in the system. I got a good young coach. I know, listen, I know if Jim Harbaugh came down and the whole thing. But come on. At some point, you want to build what you got. You keep starting over. You're never going to get where you need to be. I, I, I say stay – trade that people. Get, uh, 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 get more. There was a game this year, cause I want to say it was uh, week three, maybe it was week four, but they played Kansas City, and in the game, I'm just double checking it. Yeah, it was week three. They got beat forty-one to ten, and it was actually the, the score wasn't even indicative of how one-sided it was. Defensively, didn't take one single thing away. It was Kansas City's best day of offense all year. And I thought, oh, my God, this thing is horrible. And that's, you know, then they fired, you know, whatever happened with the defense coordinator and Eberfuss took over and almost, and then, you know, they they struggled a little bit. 
I'm saying the last eight weeks, I don't think there's a team that's improved more in the NFL than the Chicago Bears. Now, maybe the Rams, you put the Rams in that category. They certainly have. I'm not saying that they stand alone best team over the last eight weeks. But you look at every category and just watch. Forget the, forget the stats. Just watch the games. Like, you know, they should have beaten Detroit twice. They beat them the second time. The first time they, they, they kind of like flubbed the, the last five minutes of the game. But regardless, this is an improved football team in every area. And Justin Fields is a huge part of it. I I, well, I couldn't agree with you anymore. We, we've been talking about it. So that's kind of the state of the NFC. Now, Seattle has Arizona. Uh, like we talk about the uh, with Chicago and, and Green Bay. And the Saints have Atlanta. Man, they're Falcons. Ooh. Well, I mean, they've been trying to play without a quarterback all year, cuz. And everybody that thought, you know, Desmond Ritter, who started the last four games last year, oh, he's the future. Well, you make a mistake at that position, which they have made. You you might lose your job. A lot of people might lose their job. And I, I don't know if Arthur Smith or Arthur Blank is going to stay put or if he's just tired of looking at this. But they're far too talented, far too talented. They did a good job building that roster. And the quarterback play is just awful. Like, you can only bench – these quarterbacks so often and go back and forth, and you know you can only find. I mean, look at Minnesota. I, I I didn't understand Minnesota. I'll be honest with you, I know that Mullins played horrible, right? He threw the four picks, but Jaron Hall. I mean, kid was lost out there. Like you, you play a game where you have to win the game. It's at home. Yeah. I mean, I thought you had like. I mean, I thought you had to go back to Mullins, or I would have went to Dobbs, right? Like in that sense, right? I mean, like anything but Jared Hall. Give me at least somebody that has experience. Like yes. we just need to win. We just got to find a way to win a game. You know, you got all these receivers out there in Minnesota. They can't get their hands on the ball. You know, they can't change the game. They can't throw it to themselves. It's just hard. It's just hard. It's really hard. Like both Minnesota and Atlanta seasons were turned around because the defenses both played really, really well. They can't get the ball to the playmakers. They can't make decisions. You know, it's it's interesting because I sent you that clip on C.J. Stroud. Oh. And, but, like, it's the reason why quarterbacks are successful or not successful, it's not difficult to see because it's not it's like the human eye can actually see the difference. But when I watch C.J. Stroud versus Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke or Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins, when I watch the difference – and then you watch C.J. Stroud play. And you can see how quickly he processes information, how quickly he makes decision. And then you see great arm talent, where the ball goes where he wants it to go because the footwork is good, the release is sound, the arm is live, and you go, it's not that hard to see. And when you don't have it, it becomes incredibly apparent in what's missing. And Houston's offense just jumped yesterday because C.J. Stroud was back in charge. And we don't have enough good quarterbacks. You know, we probably only have 15 good ones and probably five great ones. But C.J. Stroud's in that category. And the offense and the team is completely different when he's in there. It's complete. I it, it, I, I, love, I, get to I love him. We've been talking about him all year. And, oh, my God, I just love that kid. I love the way he plays. 
How about Ohio State? You got to give Dag some credit here because between CJ and then you've seen Justin Fields really kind of take another step. Another step. I mean, it, it's it's a good day for Buckeyes. And well, Buckeyes it is. And, and, you know, finally we can say, well, it's more than the five-star, five-star wide receivers that yes. they have had. You know, everybody was, well, you know, anybody could be good with those wide receivers. You know, they got an NFL, you know, a, academy of receivers, you know, and you got Paris Johnson and, you know, Dewan Jones protecting them. And, you know, anybody could be good. Well, no. You know, these guys also developed along the way. And, you know, they are elite prospects and talent. And now going to really take the NFL by, you know, over the next decade. They're going to be the guys that we're going to talk about every week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, tomorrow we're going to go deeper dive into the AFC. Good. All right. So we'll go into, you know, obviously the Ravens. I want to touch. I, we we want to go into all deep into what Baltimore's done. We, I, we, Baltimore deserves its own show. So I want to dive deep into this week with the Ravens. But real quick, let's give you the schedule of these games. The NFL's unbelievable, right? Look how it worked out. So on Saturday, Steelers, who still are alive. How about Mason Rudolph? They play well again. Mason Rudolph and the, both backs, Najee and Jalen Warren. But, but, but the running backs have been running the ball well the last month. Mason Rudolph. He got the ball to Pickens. He got the ball to Deontay. He got the ball to his tight end. Like, he made some big throws in that game. And that opens up things for the run game. That okay. allows you – because you got to convert a little bit, and that's what they were missing. And so I was kind of happy because I thought Mason Rudolph would make a difference, and he has. And, look, Baltimore has nothing to play for. It's a bitter rival. It's Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Uh, Steelers have to win. Yeah, but like, you know, so I was texting a coach with the Ravens this morning. I'm going, you got to sit your guys. You know, I mean, they got the number one seed sewed up. Last thing you need, like, and and he he came back to me and he goes, look, Baldy, we got a 53 man roster. There's only so many guys that you can play. But like, I I can't imagine there'd be any reason to put Lamar out there. None. I mean, you, you just put Lamar in bubble wrap until the playoffs right now. You have to. You know, and then you go, okay, defense. You can't yourself. Like, you lost Kyle Hamilton last week. Do you need Marlon Humphrey out there? Do you need Roquan out there? Like, you could just, you know, Ronnie Stanley is a better left tackle than Patrick McCarry. Do you need Ronnie Stanley out there? Like, don't you just take five or six guys and just go, <clears throat> you know, like, you play Zay Flowers, Isaiah Likely, it's fine. But put Tyler Hundley out there. So, you know, look. You still try, you know. You, you, Ooh, by the way, he's not. Tyler Huntley's not a bad player. So no, he is. He's doing touchdowns. He's a good backup, and he he'll stress. Look, that's even if even if they do and should do shit, Lamar. It's not a walkover for the Steelers because Huntley's dangerous. Yeah. No. Look, I mean, he's more than capable of you know leading the, uh, that team to victory. Mm-hmm. And who wouldn't want to put another feather in your cap, get another win? You know, these backups, you win a game as a backup. I don't care when it is. It, yeah. it sort of keeps your longevity, you know, going. I mean, some of these guys can play 15 years as a backup. You know, Terod Taylor. I mean, some of these guys have been around a long, long time. And you just have to be able to be, be ready for the moment, you know? Yep. Uh, and then, of course, Saturday night is the is one of the key games in the Texans and the Colts. 
wow, that's a great game, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's, you know, you're talking about two rookie head coaches that are playing for a playoff spot, you know? And so, uh, you got to give you, you got to give Shane Steichen a lot of credit. You got to give D'Amico Ryan's a lot of credit. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. I think it's going to be a great game. I think they yeah. got this one right, Cuz. Yeah. Like I, I I've been going back and forth all morning because I they were trying to figure out which game to send me to, and I had to do a one o'clock game on Sunday, and so I'm going. I'm actually going to Tennessee, so Jacksonville can win the division with a win, like win and they're in. But you know they got to beat Tennessee. So I don't. By the, way, I, the way Jacksonville's playing, and I, I'm sure Lawrence will be back. But the way Jacksonville's playing, that's not a. It's game. not a gimme. I can see Levis, you know, stepping up and having well, I, having a game. I don't know what his. You know, he's he's built like a Greek god. But I, I saw yeah. him get carted off yesterday. Yeah. I don't know what his ankles like. But Tannehill or him, they're going to try to win yeah. the game. I, you know, Vrabel is there to win games, so he'll have his team yeah. ready to play. You know, so it's not it's not a walk by any chance. Yeah, it's wild. All right. So uh what a day, man. It, it was just amazing. We're gonna get ready. We're gonna watch the uh the college football semifinals. Yeah, we got a little bit later on today, Rose, Rose Bowl. Bowl, which is amazing. Michigan and uh I I mean Alabama, Michigan, it doesn't get better. Washington and Texas could be great. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. And uh, get you set for the championship game, which will be a week from today. But a big NFL week as we head into the final week of the season, week 18. Wow, Baldy. A lot of great football. The only thing I'm, I'm sad about is like, I know. Like, we've, the holiday period's over. And like, I mean, all the wall to wall football is the best during that time. It, it is. It, it's, it's a great time of year for all football fans. And everybody's enjoying it on different levels. It's on in every single party. I had yeah. people texting me last night, pajama parties, games are on. Like, all this stuff is happening. Same thing tonight. Um, I don't know. There's no better place to be. It's just a it, – It's just a, I love my cocoon. We all do. And and it's basically a football cocoon, man. It's, it's, a, it's a great place to be. It is, buddy. And the drama, the drama is ridiculous. The drama is. is ridiculous. The plays, like, you have to watch. You just have yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's fabulous. Well, we'll be watching with you, and we'll be with you every day. So check us out tomorrow. Do us a favor, as always, yeah. on the All NFL Podcast. There's a subscribe button. Just hit the subscribe button, all right? This ensures a couple things. One, that we can deliver you this great content every day. Helps with our guests. Uh, we're going to be joined by Sean McDermott this week at some point. Hit the subscribe button. It's free, all right? You get Baldy and I with you every day. Check it out. For Baldy, I'm Cuz. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. We all silly like the mayor. 